0: You're listening to The land Radio. I'm Elliot Ramback. Ben Montgomery is a journalist for the Tampa Bay Times and the author of the book, Grandma Gatewood's Walk. Ben grew up hearing stories about Emma Gatewood, who is his mother's great aunt. He heard that Emma once fought off a bear with an umbrella, and he also heard that she walked the Appalachian Trail when she was 67 years old. In 1955, Emma Gatewood became the first woman to hike the entire Appalachian Trail, and she did it wearing a pair of Keds carrying only an army blanket, a plastic shower curtain, and a raincoat. In 1955, she told her family that she was going on a walk,
1: and she left her small hometown of Gallipolis, Ohio, and journeyed to Mount Oglethorpe in Georgia. She told no one what she meant by taking a walk until she hit about Roanoke, Virginia, and she dropped a postcard in the mail to her children Saying when I said walk, I meant I'm hiking 2,050 miles. She's, uh, you know, born into poverty in southeastern Ohio. Got married at the age of 18 to a guy named PC Gatewood. She very quickly learned that PC had an insatiable sexual appetite. She bore him 11 kids total and also quite the temper. He abused her to no end. Nobody remembers exactly what set the fight off. Her son Nelson, who was a teenager at the time, about 15 years old, he, he comes in and finds his father on top of his mother. He's broken her ribs, he's broken her teeth. Um, her ear is ripped from her face. Nelson sees this and grabs his father, pins his arms against the sides for long enough that Emma could run away. P.C. went to town, and Emma eventually returned to the house. When P.C. came back, he was trailed by a constable or a sheriff's deputy or some keeper of the peace. As soon as P.C. opened the screen door to go inside the house, Emma hurled a five-pound sack of flour connected squarely with his face. She first read of the Appalachian Trail in a doctor's office in the early 50s. She had just picked up a copy of a 1949 National Geographic magazine. It was a multi-page color photograph spread of uh, the Appalachian Trail with this very rosy picture of the trail and said, you know, anybody in decent physical shape could quote, hayfoot, strawfoot from Georgia to Maine. This turned her on. She had always been a pedestrian. She never knew how to drive a car, so anytime she wanted to uh, go visit a friend, it was nothing to walk 13, 14, 15 miles. She was hung up on the idea of trying out this, what at the time was a very new footpath. She wound up having this hilarious meeting with these gangsters from Harlem on the AT in the Green Mountains of Vermont. She's hiking along and she finds herself in severe rain. She needs a place to stay for the night and she hikes up on this uh, lean-to beside the trail. A lean-to is just a three-sided structure. Inside the lean-to, she finds, as she describes in her diary, um, eight African-American youths and their two white leaders from a Catholic parish in Harlem. She is gonna have to hole up for the night with the kids and the, and the Catholic leaders. She's in the corner, and one of the boys is laying next to her, and he keeps in his sleep throwing his arm over her. She'll move it back. He'll throw it again, and she'll move it back, and he'll throw it back over It turns out she had no idea, but um, one of the Catholic leaders wrote about this just before his death, and he said that uh, it was 1955 in Harlem, and the gangs were fighting over every square inch of concrete. The summer was hot. It was a lot of bloodshed, maybe the most violent place in America at the time. The leader of the church said, we've got to do something about this. And so this uh, young priest got the assignment, like, I want you to identify the top four honchos of each of these two rival gangs and take them on an all-expense-paid trip to the Green Mountains of Vermont so that y'all can broker peace. And those are the people that Emma wound up uh, bunking with, the eight toughest <laughs> gangsters in, in, in Harlem. When she set off, she didn't tell anybody. She thought her kids might try to stop her. She thought somebody might try to harm her on the trail. Around Roanoke, Virginia, the newspaper caught up with her. Basically, a couple of guys who maintained the trail heard that she was hiking, and they informed the the paper, and the paper shows up, and they do a, a story. From there on, just about every town that she walked through, there was a newspaper story to the point where the united press and the associated press were tracking her movements for pretty much the entirety of the last half of the trail maybe on a weekly basis until she got to the end until she hit Maine, and then it was like a daily update that was running in pretty much every newspaper in the united states she started to get annoyed by reporters she was like, I'm done with f- photographs. And I think she was self-conscious in that she wasn't looking all that great at the end of a 2,000-mile walk. But this one photographer pops out of the bushes or <laughs> whatever and starts taking a picture, and she was having none of it. She just she whacked him. She apologized immediately after she did it. She said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. And somebody brought her a lawn chair and a glass of milk and a hamburger, and she took a break and felt better about it. I think she was sort of reaching her wits' end, you know, and certainly losing her patience with the press. At 146 days after she started, she uh, climbed Mount Katahdin in Maine and sang the first verse of uh, America the Beautiful and said, I did it. There's something about Mount Katahdin in Maine. I've heard people say it's the first spot in the United States where the, s- the sun hits when it rises in the east. It's barren on top of that mountain. No trees and this incredibly strong wind that blows all the time. Trying to reach the crest of Mount Katahdin is like a, a sort of solitary experience. It's almost like we're not supposed to be here. I think she was pretty overcome by like the significance of it and the aloneness of it.
0: You just listened to a This Land Press production. Today's episode was produced by me, Elliot Ramback. Thanks to KOSU and OETA for providing our studio space. This Land Press is a podcast, but it's also a magazine, a producer of films, and a store. This summer, we're selling tank tops in all sorts of bright colors. We've got coral, we've got green, and we've got a bunch of other ones, too. You can find them at thislandpress.com store. And if you use the promo code podcast, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you'll get 30% off your order.